0: Hey, JB here. For the Franks out there who have been with us for a while, thanks for checking out Season 1. Now, you might notice some changes in format, but otherwise, it's the same show you know and love. For new listeners, thank you so much for checking us out. These episodes mark the start of something very special, and we're glad you're here. While we have rebranded to Welcome to GameCorp in Season 2, don't worry, as everything you need to know will be revealed as you go. Thanks for listening, and welcome to GameCorp. Head-to-head a video game podcast is about three rad video game journalists set in the fictional offices of the evil conglomerate Game Corp. The show contains scenes of narrative elements, some mature content, and a whole lot of immature content. Enjoy the show.
1: Hey, why didn't anybody tell me it's Halloween? Is that like the setup to a joke, or have you stopped taking your pills? Or started taking pills? I don't know with you. Um, probably because it's not Halloween, dude.
0: Yeah? Then why is everyone in the office dressed up? Except us three.
2: Oh, no, no, no. They're all dressed up for the movie premiere that we're having tonight. What movie premiere? What movie premiere?
1: Top Gun 2 and Star Wars, Jar Jar Ascends, the Snyder Cut? He's cutting everything now.
2: What? Yeah, dude. I guess Corp does an annual illegal movie night every year. It's in the event hall after work tonight. What? Since when? Dude, the break room has been covered in flyers for weeks. How did you not know? Well, the break
0: room is a stupid place to put them. You don't read things if you're off the clock. It defeats the purpose of being on
1: break. What? Is that why you don't return my texts during lunch? You mean the hashtag-filled pictures of your stupid salad that you send me? Hey, my Asian sesame cobs are exquisite, and I am living my hashtag best life.
2: Anyways, that's why everyone is all decked out in robes and flight suits and whatnot. So, why aren't we dressing up?
1: You know, Terry does a bunch of cosplay. I bet he's got some stuff we could borrow. Yeah... And I got a Boba Fett costume I keep in my car in
2: case of emergencies. I could go get that right now. What? No, no, no. We can't. We're supposed to remain impartial until we decide the winner of today's games, since they're pretty much the same thing.
1: Yeah. Also, I didn't really want to take sides, because fandoms can get kind of nasty. I saw a couple of C-3PO's getting wedgied by a pack of Mavericks before, you know, a couple Ewoks stepped in and intervened. Uh, But we
0: could be in those cool costumes right now getting those wedgies. Yes.
2: Can you guys focus? We need to finish reviewing these games and wait, what's going on out there? Like, I don't even know
3: what these, cool. are. Jack, these are. Ooh, they're cool. like, they were so, oh, they're so Holy ladies. crap. Cat. I think lightsabers are on call. I love them. I haven't even heard I don't of them. I'm, I'm on
4: Guys, side. Please stop fighting. Marge, <laughs> God, get over
3: good. here,
1: Marge. I'm love the shaky old man voice.
3: What? I was
0: in one of
5: the openers, the you deal guys with never used this one
2: What's the deal
4: with all the people I fighting? I seem to have my way here again. I have no idea how I keep fighting myself Oh here. my god, that's my brother. How it's you been? me, you Have you forgot about me? Uh, oh god, they did not take that well at all! Oh, if those weird white helmet security was wearing hadn't screwed up their apes so bad, my goose would have been cooked. <laughs> oh, what am I gonna do? Whoa, Luke. Yo, what's going on out there?
0: Yeah, it sounds like a straight-up war zone.
4: Oh, guys, it is. Oh, you gotta help me. It's bad. It's real bad. My ego wrote some checks, my body cat cash, and now everything is going down in great balls of fire. Whoa, slow down. What's wrong? Uh, okay, okay. You know how the boss put me in charge of Pirate of Movie Night, so I wanted to do such a good job that I promised a double feature of the new unreleased Top Gun and Star Wars movies? Well, I do now. So what happened? Well, it was all good until about an hour ago, but then, my guy on the inside got hit with a DMCA notice, and now he's telling me the nets are too hot to move a double feature, and it's gotta be one or the other! Oh,
0: jeez, that's bad.
4: Yeah, I tried telling the staff they had to pick one, but then they turned on me like animals, and it's not just the men either, but the women, and the children, from the daycare! Now they're saying I gotta pick the best movie or they gotta go to war over it! Well, I mean, there's only one thing you can really do. Just pick whatever movie you think will be better. Yeah, but that's the problem. I've never seen them. But you just quoted both of them a second ago. I didn't even know they had quotes. That's why I came to you guys, podcasters. You're my only hope. You've never seen Star Wars? I don't even know what it's about. It's in the title you're named after one of the characters i i don't know what to tell you guys i literally didn't even know these movies existed until about a month ago what i i've heard you do a darth vader impression no you mean the guy from disneyland jesus no no not
2: him you're thinking of obi-wan guys (laughs) guys luke man we're sorry but we got our own issues we still have to finish reviewing the games for the podcast today Yeah, we'd love to help,
0: but unfortunately, we'll be way too busy extensively analyzing and comparing these two pieces of media. One centered around aerial combat between fighter jets that's full of over-the-top characters and cheesy storyline. The other telling the struggle between good and evil in a nerdy, lore-deep, sci-fi universe that's filled with stars and wars. Jake. So, sorry to say, we can't be of any help, as we'll just be too busy, deciding with absolute certainty and beyond a shadow of a doubt which is better between the two.
4: Oh, no. What? Eureka! That. The games you're reviewing are exactly the same as my movies. We'll just pick the movie based on whichever games is better. That way, nobody will blame me.
1: Yeah, but doesn't that mean that by choosing the game, we're essentially choosing the movie? And that half of the building is gonna hate us no
0: matter
4: what we choose. Exactly. So there's no wrong answer, <laughs> is it? That a relief? Well, I'll go let everybody know. No, don't. Hey, guys, they're gonna let the games decide. Hooray! Yeah. Oh man, it's how to do awesome. this video. Still no I characters. approve. That sounds like a delicious idea. Oh, there's my brother again.
1: Well, shit.
0: Yeah. But hey, look on the bright side, which is what? I I don't know. It's just something people say. It
1: <laughs> Welcome to the 15th episode of Head to Head Video Game Podcast, brought to you by GameCorp, the totally not evil video game media conglomerate. Upper management and their infinite wisdom has hand-chosen us, a couple of low-level employees with zero experience, to serve as your host for this head-to-head, no-holds-barred matchup between two games to see which will stand triumphant. I'm your host, Cowboy. I'm Jake. And I'm JB, a.k.a.
5: chick a
1: puff
4: Out of here.
2: All right, uh, you would, man. <laughs> In today's battle, we'll be facing off two contenders for the title of best modern aerial dogfighter: with Ace Combat Seven versus Star Wars Squadrons. I just want to say, Woo! this is yeah, this is kind of exciting. <laughs> this episode here. So, this is our first kind of stroll into the Star Wars universe. Hey, mm-hmm. I know it's a big one, and I know the community is very passionate about uh what they love so this is gonna be really interesting uh to hear feedback from this episode yeah yeah we are very
0: passionate uh we are numerous and we love star wars and i'm actually on the outside surprisingly enough because i like all of the star wars like Like there's a lot of people who are yeah every single one i like the new ones i like the old ones i like the prequels
1: i they're all just good i just like them i'm a fan They're all just fun to watch. Like, even Phantom Menace just had, like, bright colors. And at the very least, you can just watch it and be, like, the bubble shields and the droids and just be, like, pretty.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Man, yeah, I'll agree. Yeah, Yeah. I'll totally agree. There are some that I like way more than others, but I've never been disappointed watching a Star Wars movie for sure. Yeah. Have you guys,
1: like, dived into all the extra stuff? Because I know that universe, like, goes like Mm -hmm. read the books done the stuff it's so funny that you mentioned the books because i remember
0: as a child um driving in the what was it the geo metro and there was a book that was sitting on the floorboards of the geo metro and i pick it up and it's a star wars book oh nice! and i read through like half of this book on this trip i think i don't even know where we were going like california or something yeah and i read through like half this book while we were driving there and that's the the limit of the extended universe that I've learned about.
4: <laughs> I thought this
2: was going to be a beautiful branching like path into like your 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 entrance into the extended universe and how many books you read and shit. Not. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I've seen
1: some YouTube videos. I remember that book <laughs> nice. too because it had Qui Gon in it. It was yes, like his backstory and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that was my book. That's the one you read my book. Damn it! <laughs> I
2: read your book. I read half your book. Well, that's
1: <laughs> and okay. I got bored of it.
2: I will say, I mean, I'm pretty deep into the extended universe. I've watched both seasons of The Mandalorian. Oh, I love The Mandalorian. I have not said <laughs> that. Seen that. Doesn't, that doesn't, oh, dude, The Mandalorian's great. I, I guess this is just you, a Star Wars episode now. Fuck everything else. Yeah. So The Mandalorian is so, it's so good. It's what Star Wars should be. It's what, like, all the movies should be. Show mm-hmm. the gritty, dark side of the Star Wars universe. Like, The Mandalorian perfectly... It, it, it exemplifies how bad it would be to live in the Star Wars universe. Like, almost yes. nobody has it good, right? The Mandalorian
0: is to Star Wars what Firefly was to just sci-fi and space travel in general to me. Oh, yeah? Was was Firefly pretty, like, extensive and realistic? or I Oh, yeah, seen... for sure. Yeah, it was all about just, like... I mean it was basically the Mandalorian. Like if have you seen the Mandalorian?
2: Sense. Yeah, in a sense they're both um space westerns, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. The original uh the original movie, well its episode 4, like the original movie, A New Hope was a space western. Uh the whole story like the oh, the, the way it's laid out and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and the Mandalorian really takes that too. I I I've, I've watched a little bit about it and they they literally like they lean on it on purpose. The whole spaghetti western, the whole Clint Eastwood vibe, um, right? That era of westerns. They lean on the Clint Eastwood, and they also lean on the 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 wandering samurai a lot. Yes, which mm. makes Star Wars. Clint Eastwood plus samurai is Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With just a little bit of space opera in there, and yeah, you got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you add in Nathan Fillion, and then all, all of a sudden it's Firefly. Yeah, so, that's true. I,
1: i can totally see like the projected path because like the mandalorian to me and my assumption tell me if i'm wrong is like because star wars has always been like a super soft space opera in the sense that nothing was like carved in stone Mm -hmm. or like you know real in the grit and the dirt about it and they saw game of thrones and how like gritty and realistic it could be and they're like let's put a little bit of that into this like fantasy lighthearted romp i know it wasn't lighthearted but never really like cemented in any way is that what the mandalorian did is brought like that games of thrones kind of style to it or uh, no am
2: i am i, I wouldn't say i wouldn't say so much that like they they didn't they didn't dive deep into that. Like, it's... The Mandalorian isn't galactic politics and brothers and sisters having babies and <laughs> baby Yoda breaking his legs and... Well, yeah. And <laughs> Star Wars had that
1: way before Game of Thrones did.
2: That's true. Luke it's and Leia. A little Leia. bit of that Luke
1: and Leia. <laughs>
2: Together forever.
1: Um, That was my original ship.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not quite like that. It's more day in the life of the Star Wars universe. Sure, mm-hmm. it stars a Mandalorian... But, you know, and he has an important thing to do and he's getting mixed up in a lot of shit. But at the end of the day, like a lot of the episode is just people in the Star Wars universe fucking getting on. And yeah. I, that's what I love about it.
1: Yeah, it gets fleshed out. All the details get added in and it's not like all held up by just fantasy and mystery and no foundation. I mean, I don't know why I'm making assertions. I'm the only one that hasn't seen it. Let me tell you what that show's
0: about. I'm <laughs> pretty sure the Mandalorian is basically like Pokemon
1: but on a pogo stick. <laughs> I don't know why I have the biggest opinion and the least amount of viewing of it. <laughs> like it doesn't I mean if
0: you want the TLDR of The Mandalorian, here here's what it is. Okay. I'm the Mandalorian. Okay. Hey, I need to find this this place. Oh yeah, I can help you find that place, but it's gonna cost you. Oh yeah. Okay, I'll give you some money. Are you also gonna try to kill me too? Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. Then I'll I'll kill you first, and then the episode will end.
1: <laughs> that's not so, a. There t- you go. <laughs> That's an impression. That's not a too long. Dictionary. No, that's
0: <laughs> Jake. Back me up on that. Jake, that's okay, pretty so much every episode?
2: If, if you wanted to boil down <laughs> the Mandalorian into a a, a Duke Nukem impression, <laughs> guess, yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> that, that's it. That's pretty much it. You got it. Back me up.
0: You got All of you it. listeners, back me up. You know, you know I don't know what I'm talking well, about. <laughs> hold on.
1: So his name is the Mandalorian? Mando. No, his name is Mando. <laughs> so the Mandalorian is the instrument he plays.
2: Yeah. He, he plays a, the He's a traveling bard. Yeah. He's a minstrel. Mm-hmm. He's a traveling bard on a mission to save his child of surprise. And on the way, he falls in love with a beautiful enchantress... Uh, oh. Named Leifer,
1: And, and I, I, he kills I monsters along the way. It's a prequel because he's the guy that eventually goes on to invent the song. Do, 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 but ba, da, ba, yes. da, da, da. Yep. That's what that is. It's, it's, it's that yeah. song's journey it's... to the cantina. Except it takes yeah, place he... afterwards. He's a bard. He rolls natural
0: ones (laughs) until it really matters, and then he rolls a nat Mm twenty.
1: Oh God, that's a fun way to put like how they structure shows: all ones until a (laughs) twenty.
2: I'll give you guys. I'll give you. Actually, I'll buy you guys lunch today if you can tell me what the name of that style of music is called. Uh, it's space funk. Nah, it's in okay. Well, Is it like it's all on Cowboy? It's 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 Star Wars canon. Like it's a it's a Star Wars name for wh- their music. Oh, it's it's not a real name. No.
1: Oh well. Oh, uh, it's um, Moon Jazz.
2: Hmm. It's Jizz. No,
5: it isn't. One hundred
2: percent. Look it up no, right now. No, it's not. Jamie, pull that shit up. It's Jizz.
3: <laughs> I'm serious. Name of Star Wars Frankie, music. Frankie, pull the that. Towering
2: shit. Inferno main titles. No, 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 no. it's a cantina. (laughs) Cantina, search, search, yeah, search the Mosiah. Cantina music
1: genre. (sighs) Today I learned that jizz is a genre of music played during the cantina scene in Star Wars Episode Four.
2: Yeah, yes, yes it is. The common instruments
1: used is the bass voil, the clack beatbox, and Mm -hmm. the jizz
2: box. And the jizz box.
5: (laughs) No. The jizz box? (gasps) The cornerstone of every great
2: jizz band is the jizz box player. Here, let me look this up on the, the
0: Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Jizz was an upbeat, swinging genre of music, <laughs> most notably performed by Figrin De Ann and the Modal Nodes and the Max
1: Rebo Band. Oh, I, they're good. I like them. Mm-hmm. Other notice, notable jizz bands. <laughs> <laughs> notable. You have, I mean. <laughs> uh, other notable jizz bands include Bobolo, Baker's All Bith Band. Nice. Buffalo Baker's All-Bith Band, Evar Orbis and his Galactic Jizz Whalers.
4: <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This next one just says Hut. H-U-T-T. <laughs> and then uh, friggin Dan 2 and the New Modal Nodes and the, sh- the, s- the Soznels. Subgenres of jizz include jizz whale. Oh, my Jizz whale. His whale. Uh, Abed, <laughs> And glitz. <laughs> glitz is weird. I don't like that. Also the music also the music form jets, which reminisce of yes. or in some ways are similar to jazz. Oh. Wow. How fun. Uh,
0: <laughs> I like the clack B box. Yeah. You know, that's just I so would, good.
1: I would fucking buy a clack B box and I don't even know what it does. I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Mm. The-
0: the plung sounder, the plung sounder, P-L-O-O-N-G, sounder. Uh, I think that is plung. the best thing
1: that Star Wars has ever created. Out of I everything, mean, out every of jizz entire band, he's a good sounder, right? A genre called Jizz sounder is the best they've they've done. <laughs> plung, welcome to Head to Head of Jizz podcast. You know what's funny? If we were to try to dive into the that... some smooth jizz, Don't. <laughs> let me transition away. <laughs> smooth, don't um if if we were to try to talk about its competitor, we would just be talking about the war. <laughs> you guys wanna talk about the what? lore in ace combat? Sure, let's just talk
2: about war. <laughs> let's dive into the lore of war <laughs> I mean it's all about the great war and Jizz bands. that's that's all that's what I'm about, mm-hmm. so. you guys know. I mean, I'm pretty into Jizz Whale. Oh, my God. And uh, I play the sounder. Like, I, I played the sounder for 11 years. And um,
1: I, I was in the Jizz Report, it was
2: cool. I went under the name uh, Stroke and Cummies. And <laughs> Jesus. I dabble in the Jizz Box a little bit, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a living. Oh, my God. You got to do what you got to do, you know? Make ends meet.
4: Incoming pod drop from floor twenty-two.
2: Oh, good! That could not have come any sooner. That Don't. was also a pun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was a little jizz doodle. <laughs> wow! Right. What are they called? All right, here. Let me. Jingle. Let me. What? Jizz jingle. <laughs> <laughs> We're off Jesus. course. All right, <laughs> Jesus. Let me just pop open this jizz box and let's see what's in it. And oh, it's listener questions. All right, yay, yay! <laughs> this round of listener questions has been brought to you by Bronson's Banana Hammocks. Put a swing in your step with Bronson's. <laughs> it just keeps going. This uh, this question uh, was written in by Stick Tickler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I try to get out, but they
1: keep pulling me back in.
2: (laughs) Oh, all right. Um, I think this is a pretty good question. Uh, What video game had the most disappointing sequel? Okay, so this is a game that
0: I played back in the day, and then sequels came out. I was super excited because I loved this game so much, and the sequels turned me off from the series altogether. And the game that I'm talking about is Deus Ex Infinity War. Oh, okay. Is it Infinity War? Is that what the name of it is? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I no. You hate oh, it so shit. much you don't remember. Uh, is that <laughs> Marvel? <laughs> I'm thinking of Marvel right now. Is Deus Ex: Invisible War? Yeah. Invisible War. Thank you. I was thinking of Marvel for a second. Invisible War. This game came out, I don't know, like 03 mm-hmm. or something like that. What is that? PS, PS2 era? It's PS2 era, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I played it and I I fell in love. The game was expansive. You had all of these different routes you could choose. You could go sneaky. You could go guns blazing. You could get electrical implants and make yourself like magical. You could jump higher. You could run farther. It had all of these different things. And there was an undertone of this sort of battle between people who were like, hell yeah, future is now, old man. Like, I'm going to get all these implants and make myself a superhero and all these people who are like, no, that's bad because God. And it was this battle. And I was like, this is a cool little mental battle that's going on. And like, there was, there was like all of these different levels to the story. And then you were just going through and you were just you and you were completing these missions and you were getting money and you were upgrading and you were doing your thing. And I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I played through it multiple times and then what else came out? It was like Mankind divided. Mankind divided. What, yeah. And there was another one, and I played them for a couple hours, and they just, oh, it didn't, it didn't feel the same. It was the same, but it didn't feel the same. I don't even know how to explain that. It was all the exact same methods. You still could do the exact same stuff. The graphics were better, but it just kind of lost its heart. I don't. I don't know what it what it was. I can't put my finger on it, but all of the sequels to Deus Ex: Invisible War were just they just ruined it for me.
2: Mm. Dude, I get that, man. Um, so my my pick would have been Mass Effect Andromeda, but I talk about Mass Effect too much, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put that one to rest. It was terrible. And it made me feel bad. Legendary Edition is awesome, by the way. Anyway, um so my pick would be Fable Three. Um Really? Oh yeah, Fable Three, one hundred percent. So The first Fable, the first Fable was amazing. It was so good. And the combat felt great. On top of being a really fun story. I mean, I beat Fable, the first Fable like seven times. It was, it was so good. Mm -hmm. The setting was amazing. You jump to Fable 2 and it's a time jump. The setting is a little more modern. Uh, It's more expansive. I actually enjoyed Fable 2, save for the combat. I think the combat Mm -hmm. was watered down a lot But Fable 2 still had a lot to deliver. It was a solid game. Combat aside, it was still a solid game. And you had your dog buddy, and the story was actually pretty cool. Uh, The final confrontation was a little whack, but everything about Fable 2 was cool. And it made me excited for Fable 3. I'm playing Fable 3. And I'm going through and it feels good and I'm buying properties and I'm getting strong and I'm like, okay, so this is like Fable 2, uh, same combat, but I mean, it's cool. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my thing. And then it ends. And it fucking ends. The ending comes at you out of mm-hmm. nowhere. And then the game is just fucking over. And whenever the game ended on me like that, after being so excited about everything that I was working on and thinking I had time to prepare for this thing happening... And it's just like, aha, game's over. Bye. None of that mattered. It made me so mad. I never played it again. Mm -hmm. And
0: I, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. The, and, and the fact that like at the end, it was so like, not only was it rushed to the point where it was like, just out of nowhere, it's over, but also all of the decisions that could have been made through gameplay were made through dialogue yes. at the very end. It was like, who do you choose, this or that? What do you choose, this or that? And it's like, you could have given me, like, high-stress, tenseful situations in gameplay and in the storyline that would end up, like, Fallout does. Fallout yeah. did that so well. Just do that. That's all you had to do. But it was like, they were going through this thing and they didn't know how to end it, so they were just like, eh, just let them pick. Just,
2: just hit the end just just press the end button let's just fucking end it yeah Wiz, let's go
0: home it's yeah. been a long
2: night yeah no i i hated the way the fable 3 ended so much and it wasn't just it wasn't just a story decision or anything like that it was it was a complete failure of game design just like bleh. it I, I never played it again and i don't know if i really touched any other fable game again after that was there any after that? I mean, no, there wasn't. Well, okay. Mm, there was did it even come out? They were working on like a four person co-op mm-hmm. kind of thing. Did that come out? Yeah, they
0: announced one and I was super stoked for it because I hoped they were going back to like the roots. But And then they canceled it. I haven't been watching it.
2: So oh, another studio has taken up Fable. So there is a Fable in the Works by another studio, which makes me excited. There was also a Connect fable. It was Fable on Rails where you just kind of threw Fireballs at Balverines and stuff. And I didn't touch you right. Even more derivative in like bullshit. Like That's just a cash grab. That's yeah. all that is. It's Hey, can we use your IP to like sell a $5 bullshit? And like, Peter, yeah, okay. Peter Molyneux was like, yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I need that $5. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he's not in the industry anymore. He finally got chased out. That's cool. I actually didn't know they were doing a Fable reboot. I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Look I'm it up. Totally I forget the name of the that. studio, but it's it's by a different studio. I'm excited. Okay. Uh,
1: So, I got two answers, because whenever my answers feel, like, old and rooted in, like, nostalgia and stuff, I always want a more modern one, because, like, who wants to hear these old games? But it's Everybody. the one that affects... Well, everyone, but... <laughs> Not everyone, not people. Our main demographic, <laughs> not people born <laughs> Since after everybody our age. Yeah, the year ninety or even two thousand. <laughs> but um, so the old one, the one that, that I hated the most because this is my favorite games, Toe Jam and Earl, when it came out, was a really cool game. It had a flat landscape, tons of levels you can go up to, like a fog of war that, as you explore, and it was a procedurally generated game which was really cool back then so you got a lot of randomness uh which was on the Sega Genesis days yeah. um and it was just goofy and fun we've talked about it before on here but is Toe Jam and Earl 1 um one of the best games they ever made for the Sega then they made Toe Jam and Earl 2 and it felt like a mockery it was mm-hmm. a side scroller and none of the soul was there because it was a funk-based game. It had these funky dudes. Yeah. And the music was funky. And then it was like this imposter came in in their bodies. And it almost made you disgusted, like watching the movie The Thing and just waiting for the tentacles to burst out. And you're like, you're not my real toe jam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you. And they just – I remember being so disappointed because back then they didn't – they didn't depend so much on the frame that the last game had been built on. They would switch up styles. Like nowadays, you'll get seven games deep into any given game, and it is the same thing over and over with small tweaks. Like look at any of the uh, Dynasty Warriors, look at any racing games. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, they would switch up entire, entire formats and and styles and everything. And in this case, it just fucking didn't work. <laughs> it was the worst. So that is the worst sequel I have ever experienced in my life and actually like upset me. Uh the modern one, the one that I that I think is more relevant is Dead Space 3 where EA oh. turned it into Gears of War, stompy stompy big gun badass game. They did do that. It went from Resident Evil original to Gears of War 4 and I was I was happy to have multiplayer, but not happy enough to be okay with what they did to that game. No. I didn't like that game either. And And that's the only one I played, I think. Oh, dude. You you played it with me because I had the co-op, and that was the worst Mm -hmm. way to get you introduced, probably.
2: Well, I thought it was too spooky. God damn it. Uh, They are intense. So, um, Cowboy introduced me to Dead Space. Um, I know he loved it. He absolutely loved it. One and two are so... Good. Um when I finally played Dead Space, I had a period of time where I could do it and I I, I binged it. I spent two weeks and like nonstop. I, I I I crushed one, two, and three, like in order. Just like yeah. got it. And for one and two like every single day was just filled with so much anxiety (laughs) because getting through these games are so tense and I'm playing and I'm like, I love this game, but it makes me feel bad. I'm so scared. It makes me feel so fucking bad, but this is so fun. Uh, Man, masterpieces, man. I, I thought, I thought Dead Space 2 was actually scarier than one. Some people would say otherwise, but something about Dead Space 2 hit it just right where I was fucking terrified to play those sometimes. And then when it came to three, after all this scary, suddenly I'm blowing these dudes up and it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess this is how we ended then.
1: Well... And I would agree with you because one had what I'd say is a lot of the wires showing. Like you could tell sequences were in front of you and the program segments. At least that was my experience, is that I could notice things. And two, the scariness was more integrated. It didn't it didn't feel like a haunted house ride as much. Um not to say one didn't do really good at that, but there's a difference between the two. And I think it's really good to binge, to do through one sitting, because It puts you in a weird, almost fatigued mental state because I did the same thing. I played it for hours on end when I did do it, and it puts you in that exhausted state that uh, uh, the main character is in. Isaac. Isaac Clark. Isaac, thank you. (laughs) I feel dumb for forgetting it. It puts you in, like, this exhausted, like, state that he's in. You're just terrified. You're, like, trudging forward on, like— weak legs, and, like, I felt it. And the cool thing was, when you play something that disturbing for long enough, it begins to mess with your psychology. Like, your brain starts to think a little different, which is like, what the game wants to happen. What the storyline is based off of is, like, people's tweaked minds. So, it, re- it reminds me a lot. I actually did the same thing. This is a bit of a tangent. Do you guys know who Joan Vasquez is? Or Jonan Vasquez? He's, uh, uh, the
2: guy who wrote Invaders In?
1: Yes, the guy that uh, drew and wrote Invader Zim. And Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. That's where I'm going. So Johnny the Homicidal Maniac was this comic he used to wrote that had Invader Zim's art style. It was all in black and white. Very uh, scribblings of a lunatic kind of drawing style. Very kind of just tons of black, sharp... Um, So think of like a demented dream of Invader Zim. And so there was an anthology of it called Z, I think. And it is all of his works, years of his works, in one single thick-ass dictionary-sized book. And I got a hold of it one weekend when I was like 18, and I read it, covered it back. Hours. It took me hours to go through his entire works in one night. And by the end of it, It took at least a day or two for my brain to fix from reading this comic book that was about a a homicidal maniac who had a a different view of the world and how he viewed people and their actions and the worth of a human being and all this terrible stuff. And at the end of it, my brain was like into that. And I was like, yeah, that's people are just meat, you know, (laughs) it was like terrible. I had to recover. Mm, That's wild, dude. Yeah, it's weird how games can do that to you. You know, you think you're a solid person in your psychology, and certain media and stuff can just slowly tweak you. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay now.
2: I'm okay now. <laughs> you're a uh, recovering Z addict.
1: I yeah, I'm a I'm a recovering uh, enjoyer of the of morbidity. I don't even <laughs> like reading about serial killers or listening to true murder stories or any of that. Now, I hate that stuff.
5: Mm.
2: All right, stick tickler. There you have it. We're all just made of meat. Was that <laughs> your question? I don't know. All right, uh, that's actually all the time we have for this episode's listener questions. And what is that surprise segment? <laughs> I got a Mad Lib for you guys. Let's buckle up. Let's dive into it. Hey, oh. Mad Lib. Time
1: to make the libs mad again.
2: <laughs> that's right. Let's make those libs mad. All right, when the libs mad. So, let's hit it real quick. Uh, Round Robin, it. who wants to start? Uh, I'll start. Give me a video game character. Link. Give me another video game character. Samus Aran. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Give me a building, any building. Game Corp. I love it. We all love Game Corp we love gangcore <laughs> uh yeah. give me something <laughs> give me something that's long oh don't do <laughs> it don't do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a...
0: it's a it's a it's a um something
2: long long sword all right give me a synonym for loved something that you loved adored Wow, this is getting very serious. Alright. Uh give me a part of the body. <laughs> give yeah. that
1: back to him? Yes.
2: <laughs> now JB, keep it together okay, okay, and give okay, me a body okay. part.
1: <laughs> Left. I Oh my God! You did, you did good.
2: Okay, it was so hard. It was so hard. <laughs> you're,
1: you're very strong.
0: It was the, it was thick. <laughs> what I was wading through, <laughs> well, it was so thick and hard. <laughs> is that up. Oh, okay, there, there it is. is. That music. Okay,
2: <laughs> uh, give me, give me a synonym for a fight to the death. Doom battle. Okay, I like that. Doom battle. Give me a. Regular profession. Doctor. Okay. Give me another word for dies. Goes to Portland in the clouds. Goes <laughs> to Portland? <laughs> in the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> so is this back to you, JB? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an
0: area you can reach your hands into. Penis. It's a penis. <laughs> I reach my hands into my penis. Uh, I, you can't okay. keep doing this, Jake. You. he's been
1: five okay. months sober. You can't, you can't. softball these to him like this. You can't keep doing that.
2: Okay, you know something, he's recovering. Give me something you would pull out of that. <laughs> my penis. I, no, it's I not pull you. My penis it's out of my penis.
1: Oh, okay. Something you would pull out of it? So if someone
2: reached into their penis and pulled something out, <laughs> what
5: would it be? Uh,
2: a lost flute. Lost flute. Okay, give me uh, give me a pet name. Not like your dog, but like something you give to your sweetie pie. Which is a pet name? Pumpkin. P-U-N-K-I-N? Yeah. Pumpkin. Give me a fast food place. Uh, Blendies, B- how dare you? B- blendies, Blendies, That's Taco Bell. How it's, how dare it's always you. Taco Bell, but it's his choice. Yeah. Blendies, Blendies. That's not even a real place.
1: It could be. How I, dare I might have you. something in the works. All hey, right,
2: come on down to Blendies. <laughs> Give me a place. Blend everything. <laughs> Give me a place like a like a shopping place, a place to go shopping. Uh, you go shopping. At Victoria's Secret. Victor, okay. All right, another word for hit Wallop. Give me another one. Falcon Punch. And give me one more. Mexican
1: liver punch. Mexican the old. liver punch. The old Mexican liver punch. Mm-hmm. Classic. The old Mexican no, no, liver the, punch. The old dick twist.
2: <laughs> is, is that what you want? I guess so, yeah. G- give him the old dick twist. <laughs> All right. And last one. Uh, give me another way to say I love you. Bitch, you're beautiful. Okay. All right. That'll work. <laughs> Okay, audience, uh, get your juice, get your snacks, and we'll be back right after this awesome jingle. Alright, welcome back, dear listener. I hope you enjoyed that juice. Now buckle up, it's Lid time. <laughs> I should have guessed it would end like this. Link thought as he hung off the end of Game Corp, grip growing weaker by the second. Link, hang on, please! Samus begged, searching for a long sword to lure down to Link in an attempt to save him. Samus knew the attempt was in vain, but she had to do something, anything, in this moment. Samus felt powerless to save him, to save the one person she had ever adored powerlessness was a feeling Samus had never known before and it made her sick to her left eye how could she let this happen to engage in a doom battle with doctors at the top of Game Corp especially with Link present was suicide and at the time Samus thought there wasn't another choice but what if there had been what if Link goes to Portland in the clouds and it's all her fault Link knew his time was limited with his free hand he reached into his penis and pulled out a lost flute Samus (laughs) Samus pumpkin take this remember me Remember the time we walloped in the alley behind the blendies or the time oh we falcon-punched in the Victoria's Secret bathroom or Well, you get it all the old dick twists I'm just now realizing <laughs> our relationship is really based on a lot of walloping, but anyways, goodbye my pumpkin Link no Samus screamed as she watched in horror as Link's grip finally gave out and he fell away from the top of Game Corp and into the abyss below after some time Samus composed herself, wiped away her tears, and opened her palm to find a note. She began to read the note, holding back another wave of tears. Dear Samus, Bitch, you beautiful. I can't help but feel that for some time now, we've been growing apart. It's just, I've never given up on you. I've never, well, I've never really stopped trying to reach you. I've never stopped trying to reach you. About your vehicle's extended warranty.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Oh, no. Samus
2: couldn't bring herself to read any more of the letter, knowing that this entire Mad Lib was just a setup for a stupid spam call joke.
1: The end. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, <sighs> that was the most amazing interpretation of a round of Super Smash Brothers that I have ever heard. Oh, my yep. God,
2: you're right. <laughs> it that lined up exact- so
1: perfect. Link hanging off the side of a building. Samus, who's also in Smash Brothers, tries to hand him a long sword, cause with a sword he can upbe smash, and that's how you get away from ledges and falling. <laughs> and then he pulls out a lost flute out of his penis.
0: Yeah, yeah. right, right. Just like Smash Bros. <laughs> I mean, that's his alt. That's his ultimate, right? <laughs> All right. Well, that was Mad Libs making those libs mad. <laughs> Now, before we move on, we here at Head to Head, a video game podcast, don't believe ourselves to be the end-all be-all when it comes to passing judgment on video game battles. We are just three guys with a passion for video games and implied violence. So, we would like to extend the gavel to you, trusty listener, to help weigh in on what we call the audience head-to-head. The audience head-to-head is brought to you by Kuber, the only ride-sharing service specifically for Karens. Cooper will drive you anywhere, especially to our manager. God, Jesus
5: <laughs> Christ. That was, that was bad. <laughs>
0: yeah. Last week we asked. Many games have tried and failed to become the wow killer, but which one has gotten the closest? Final Fantasy XIV or the Elder Scrolls Online? With only a single vote separating these contenders? The winner is. Elder Scrolls Online. Woo! Congratulations. Hey, hey, I haven't played oh, either of them. Hey, hey. <laughs> I haven't played Final Fantasy XIV, but ESO is pretty good. This episode, we ask you to decide which gun is more iconic, the wappy zappy portal gun from portal or the pew pew golden gun from golden You can find our poll on social media or reach out directly to help us answer this burning
1: question. Oh, hey, boss. I didn't know you were in the Air Force. No, dude, he's dressed up for the movie tonight. Hey, boss, can we help you? You're just going to turn off the lights then. Okay.
2: Yo, why isn't he saying anything? He's just opening all the blinds one by one to create a dynamically lit scene with an imposing tone. Yeah, it's weird.
0: Like, he just seems to be standing there with his hands behind his back, silently staring out the window in order to build the dramatic tension to its peak before he speaks.
1: Yeah,
3: huh.
1: How long do you think it's gonna...
3: Boys, numbskulls, I have a need. Uh, need for speed? No, no. That's the one with Keanu, I don't mess with him. No, what I need is to escape. Escape to a dream. To a place where bravado and ego can soar like the blue angels across the clear sky. A place where leather jackets and aviators aren't pretentious at all. They are a symbol to be respected and revered. A place where reckless manly dudes can do reckless manly things, and masculinity is never accused of being toxic. I ask, will you, brave boys, be my wingman and help my dream come true?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know just the place. It's down on 49th Street. It's called The Cockpit.
1: Yeah, we can help you find a good man. I mean, that's no problem. We'll be your wingman.
3: No, idiot. I'm talking about Top Gun. I overheard you boys are picking the movies tonight and wanted to make sure you're making the right decision.
1: Oh, well... We still haven't decided yet. It's usually the last thing we do on the show, so it's still up in the air.
3: Huh. Speaking of which, maybe you boys just need a better perspective. I'm thinking 20,000 feet up should do it. <laughs> Let's say in the comfort of my company jet.
1: What? We get to ride in a jet? That's awesome.
0: That's it. I'm taking the bribe, guys. What? Dude, no. Integrity. People are depending on us. Screw integrity! I'm I'm above it. I'm in a jet. I'm above everything. So what is it? A G five? CJ three?
3: No, I forget. Uh, something like uh, what is it? The B two?
0: B two? You mean like the stealth bomber?
3: Yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's what they call it. Why does GameCorp have a stealth bomber? Uh, military surplus. It's an older model. Guess we haven't really used it since I one convention. What convention? The uh, uh, Geneva Convention. Oh. I'd like to
0: change my stance on riding in the War plane and go back to that integrity thing. Oh, would you?
3: Well, I'm putting my trust in you boys. The future of the company rests in your hands. It it can't be that big a deal, right? Movie night has always shaped what the staff talks about for weeks to come. You gotta ask yourself, do you want to overhear stupid nerd jargon about planets and laser swords and all week, or do you want non-stop one-liners and endless dick-swinging competitions? (laughs) I think the choice is obvious. Is it? Well, it should be. We don't want a repeat of the airboat incident. Insurance premiums ain't never been the same since. Anyways, think about it.
1: Well, while we look up what it means to be an accessory to a war crime, let's go ahead and break for tonight's sponsor. But when we return, get ready for showdown.
2: Head to Head, a video game podcast, is brought to you by Ratio Gamer Fuel. How many times have you thought to yourself... God, I wish somebody would make some kind of gross protein shake catered to my needs as a pro gamer. Worry no more, you absolute legend, because the brilliant minds at Ratio have you covered. The creators of Ratio's all-new Gamer Fuel probably spent tens of minutes to create a proprietary blend of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, essential oils, whey protein, omega-3s, caffeine, taurine, adderall, and painkillers to keep you clear, focused, and absolutely yoked out of your mind for days on end. Whether it be an all-night game sesh, a visit from your worried mother, or a trip to the hospital, you'll never lose the focus necessary to stay diamond-ranked, or platinum, or challenger, or whatever it is for the game that's taken over all aspects of your life. I'm a proud user of GamerFuel at home, and my wife's never been more thrilled to experience the subsequent emotional breakdowns and debilitating crash brought on by GamerFuel's smooth drinkability. Ratio GamerFuel, now in Strawberry. If this ad has you fiending for S-rank attachment rates for your advertising, this podcast and this ad is for you. Yeah, we see you, local booze delivery service.
0: Today, we're pitting two games against each other in a dogfight to the death. No, it's not Pokemon versus Digimon. That's actually a pretty good idea. Write that down. Where was I? Oh right, we're talking about Star Wars Squadrons and Ace Combat 7. These games will have you sweating bullets and shooting them. And lasers, but not sweating lasers, just shooting them. But which one will reign supreme in this episode's
1: Head to Head Showdown? The first contender in tonight's matchup is Ace Combat 7 Skies Unknown. More like Game Unknown, when Bandai Namco released it 15 years after the previous 6th entry, catering to the old die-hard fans of the series and failed flight school dropouts who found Microsoft Flight Simulator just a little too difficult. It's available on the three major platforms including Xbox Game Pass. This is a story-poor, jet galore, arcade-style aerial dogfighter that knows its primary audience of aircraft enthusiasts and military fanatics are all about one thing, convoluted force melodrama. So it invested heavily into its narrative, providing you with tons of instantly forgettable mission briefs, indistinguishable battle buddies, nonsensical plot progression, and a heaping helping of who-cares character deaths. But once you get to the dogfighting, get ready for a day at the carnival you'll neglect all the air brake maneuvers and high G turns in favor of performing endless loop-de-loops, as your enemy always stays right in your T-Rex spot. However, if you do somehow find yourself staring up the enemy's tailpipe, you'll finally get to enjoy the pulse-pounding Mach 5 high of pressing the B button and letting your modern homing missiles earn their $200,000 plus salaries. America! Fuck yeah!
2: Alright, my pilots, let's talk about Ace Combat 7. Now, uh, in the intro, you did hear it's been a long, long time uh, between Ace Combat Six and Ace Combat Seven. There are other games, yeah, uh, like side games in the mix there, but we don't care about those. We only care about the main entries. Okay. Now, to paint a picture, really, uh, really quick, this is a it's an arcade-style realistic jet dogfighting game where you run missions in, um, well, real jets and. Though it's not uh, as intense as like a flight simulator game would be, uh, you're still running really realistic missions and realistic jets shooting realistic weaponry at realistic targets. Uh, It's kind of what everyone would want if they're into military games or realism. Um, It has a lot of similarities to Star Wars if you take out the fantasy stuff. But uh, let's get some first impressions. Uh, Let's start with you, JB. How do you feel about this game? So you said realism, like a lot in that mm-hmm. spiel. Well, and it is realistic was, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. you're flying real jets, real missiles. You're you're mm-hmm. you're shooting at fucking trucks on the ground or jets in the sky, things like that. It's not Star Wars, shoot them up laser beams and fucking ion cannons and stuff. <laughs> right, and the
0: first thing that stuck out to me was the realism. Like that's one of the things that I was just like, oh, this is cool. And you see it from the very, very beginning, right? The intro cut scene. You have these, like, photorealistic, hyper-realistic renders yeah. of, you know, gears and planes yeah. and uh, tools and screws. And it's, like, panning and you have the voiceover. And it was just like, oh, okay, this is what I'm getting into, this hyper-realistic grap- graphical fidelity sort of experience and i i kind of knew what to expect going into it because i have played not a ton but i I have played a few different sort of aerial combat dogfighter games in the past and i've i've enjoyed quite a few of them and played them you know extensively um so i kind of expected that and i was like oh this is going to be pretty neat because of all of the hyper realism and the you know the The graphics, I thought that would just add a different element that I didn't get in the PlayStation Two era um, and then uh, thirty seconds later, I was like, "Wait, what was that?
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then it went back to like, "Oh yeah, this is great. This is like hyper realistic and then like I was like, "Wait, is it though?" And <laughs> I, it was the weirdest thing. It was almost like there was two or three different teams of artists. And each one of them kind of created their own individual pieces of it. But they all did it in a slightly different art style. I agree so with you that. Have, I agree with you that you have like the hyper-realistic renders. At some points, I was almost 100% sure that they just did video of like a prison. Because <laughs> it, it looked like video of a prison. If they rendered that, holy cow. Because that was that was a real video. Um but then they cut to another scene where they animated the characters using CG and the characters look so odd
2: they compared do. to the backdrop. It's it's anime it's like a realistic take on anime characters.
0: Yeah, their yeah. eyes were so big. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like it was crazy. Anyway, so that
0: was my first impression. Um getting into the actual gameplay though, it's it's exactly what you expect from an Aerial kind of combat game um i have a lot more to say about it some of the shortcomings but um i'm gonna give you guys a chance to talk about your first impressions
1: yeah it's it's hard to feel like this is realistic when we played those uh, anime boat girl games mm-hmm. like nothing tops the realism that's of those true games. that was
2: that was peak realism right there it was so immersive
1: what is with combining like anime and just military those are polar opposites you know like real cheesy cheery anime and then like war
2: war is hell and then like you know
4: well little I
1: chans mean, and
2: stuff <laughs> one of the key themes in every anime is strength right and yeah modern military tech is our modern equivalent of supreme strength it's so weird when you put them together i can't so my first
1: impression I'm going to tell you, this is, this is bad. This is completely subjective. When I saw this, I was like, oh, okay, like a like a jet fighter game. Like, okay, the stuff that people who are in, you know, J-R-O-T-C or whatever it's called, that's this is the game they play, and they're the only ones. Or people who, like, you know, want to be recruited by the army one day, but nobody else. Sure. <laughs> because that's just how my brain thinks. Like, and that's how I think about sports games. I'm like, oh, this is just for people who play sports. Like... Normal gamers don't play sports games and driving games. I'm like, this is just for people who drive, <laughs> like, and watch NASCAR. You know, normal gamers. I have a bad mentality about this, but when I first started, I was like, okay, this is going to be a boring, bland, like, jet fighter game full of military statistics and briefings and all this. And it was. And it was. <laughs> it was not wrong. Yeah. the The intro, the briefing. Oh my god! Uh, one, you owe me a new. Skip button for for uh, for making us play this game because you wore out my skip button, Jake. It's gone. It's a it's a nub. It's a it's a white spot. Um, I knew this
2: would be a test of strength for you guys. Yeah, I
1: couldn't. I just and I I didn't know who anybody was. Everyone was faceless to me. I didn't know names. I didn't I didn't know faces. I didn't know voices. I was just in my jet as if I was in the arcade at Castles and Coasters or Disneyland or whatever place, you know, <laughs> people of different places. <laughs> I know some of those are specific to states, so whatever. Just imagine I said something you've gone to that has an arcade. And it was in, like, those afterburner booths, and that's all I was playing. It's like the those booths where you get to play, but I just didn't have a joystick, and that's all this was to me. So my first impression, it was... As bland as I thought it was, and then it tried to add on something interesting, like a heavy story with characters that weren't just military grunts, formless, and even that failed.
0: Yeah, speaking of the story, I mean, Jake, you're kind of like our story guy. So, I mean, we're just plebs sitting over here being like, story dumb, (laughs) Um, but what did
1: you think of the story? You don't have to quote me verbatim yeah. <laughs> and use yeah. <ease> my voice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is that's actually one of my major shortcomings about Ace Combat Seven. Now, I wanna I wanna touch before I go there. I wanna touch on my first impressions too. I I, I um it did definitely throw me for a loop, and when I started playing it at first, I was super. Like into the realism and stuff like that. When I saw those same uh, renders, like the the realistic jets on the runways and things like that, I was like, "Wow, they really put some effort into this. Like, this is gonna be this is gonna be realistic and intense and really cool." And it, it, it wasn't. Um, and yeah, story is my thing. So I was I was listening. I was trying to get into it. I was trying to learn the characters. I actually really dug some of the early stuff that you saw, like the mock. Cable news, TV um, segments, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, all, I'm all about immersion, and it can even be hyper realistic stuff. And I was like, "Wow, this is just like watching w- your preferred cable network, whatever." Um, I um I was about it. I was watching. I was like, "This is so cool!" And then it starts jumping into countries with made up names. I mean, they're they're in the lore of Ace Combat, but they're so similar that i had no the same i had no damn idea who was with who and who was talking about who and who was prisoner to who and hmm. on top of that who i was and who i was even flying <laughs> for my entire experience with ace combat i had no idea who i was and i had no idea why i was doing it and i had no idea who <laughs> the bad guy was the whole fucking time like even early on they introduce you to uh this mechanic this this lady they 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 hit you right in the beginning with this cool narrative about this woman who worked with uh, his, uh, her grandpa, right, and yeah. um, and uh, all his war buddies. And they built a plane together, and they really went into it. And I was like, oh, I'm playing as her because they even show her go up in the sky and stuff. I was like, oh, okay. Exactly. So I'm playing as and her. And I remember that at least. I, I do yeah. remember all that. It was coherent yeah. to me. So I expected to be her. I expected to be her in my makeshift my plane and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, cool. No, oh, <laughs> you're this. I you're never this, knew. No, you're this pilot. That eventually I learned uh, the call sign is Trigger. Yeah, it took forever. Your Trigger, like four or five missions. It took four or five missions for me to realize that I'm a pilot named Trigger, which is bad. Nerdily speaking, mm-hmm. when you can't <laughs> even when you can't even clearly establish who the player character is, it, it's it's another it's another fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I I ended up having to watch like story explained videos and stuff like that about Ace Combat because it was so hard to follow. Because it, it feeds it to you in weird press briefings and in convoluted cutscenes that are disjointed in banter while you're trying to play the game between pilots. Which, if you try to just pay attention to everything they say, you get gunned down or you run into a mountain if you play Mm -hmm. the game you never hear what they're saying so you have no idea what's going on so this game may as well just be mindless missions about blowing stuff up in your plane which is a big problem for me however i had fun playing it i will say yeah i did too i absolutely had fun playing this game so on the flip side i had no idea what i was doing at any time and why i was doing it but Flying in the jets and unlocking new jets and using the weaponry. And, like, I was trying to do cool stuff in the jet. Like, there were some times when I was like, yeah, I'm Maverick. And doing cool stuff in the sky, I was doing it. So, when I played this game, I did enjoy it. But I had no idea what was going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just treated this, I I didn't even think of the story. I was just, like I said, at the arcade, just playing this fun little fly game. And the... The flying itself was like the coolest part to me because like things like going through the clouds and stuff and the different weather conditions oh, on yeah. the screen, uh, yeah.
3: that
1: was what they did really well. Those were cool. And I even got some certain like moments where I felt something like this, like almost a wonder when you watch a very magical wizardy movie and you get this sense of wonder. Like I felt that when I went through the clouds, I was like, yeah. this is what it would be like. and And so for a moment, I did feel that. Um and i got i i was excited at first cuz the idea i get to fly a jet through the air and whiz through the air past things and i played them like oh the air's just a big open place i'm not whizzing by anything it's i'm just just flying through empty space like sure i could go close to the ground but then i realized i'm just Flying through a big hole above the earth. <laughs> I don't know how to put it, but it was just like moving through empty space. And it just, I i was like, blah, this, this is no longer fun. I need to be near stuff. I need to be like dodging things.
2: Yeah, but that's kind of like the nature of these games though, right? Uh, to be in a jet is to be in the sky. And it's that freedom of mobility. Um, yeah. I mean a lot of the missions that I was playing whenever there's ground targets and things like that I would get close and I would strafe things and do things like that and then take off vertically into the sky to shoot missiles at jets and stuff like that like there were moments where I, it really felt really fun um but man I guess all of these games would suffer from flying in a big hole if that's how you if that's how you view it that's that's true yeah <laughs> Yeah. So then the,
0: the, the, the struggle as like a game developer when you're doing this is to mix it up a little bit, right? Break the monotony, make it a little bit more interesting, just change things for a little bit. So it's not so samey, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like they went about it the exact wrong way, mm. which was, well, let's put like some circles on the map and you got to fly through them.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going yeah. fly around these
0: circles. Oh, but then there's like wind and it'll kind of blow you a little bit to the left.
3: <laughs> well, and then,
0: I was like, oh, my God. And I was just looking at the map like, oh, my God, this is going to take forever. That and then I'm so sitting there boring. flying. And then they're like, you're, you're a third of the way there. And I'm like, I don't need the progress report. <laughs> and I'm flying around forever again. And they're like, you're halfway there. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then at one point they're like, you're... Just go straight ahead. You're almost there. And I'm like, no, I gotta
1: turn left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? But some they made some of the settings cool because there was uh they had the space elevator, which I've always thought a space elevator is the neatest fucking idea. Yeah. Which is like uh, it's just a big tower or line that is holding uh, something out in space that matches Earth's orbit, and you just ride an elevator up and down this thing. And nothing's holding it up. It's just the fact that what's at the end is in orbit. So the fact that they had that in this, and, like, you got to fly around it and, like, fly up near it and stuff, they made the setting kind of cool to me. But for the most part, it was, like, all these tiny things on the ground and all these clouds up in the sky, but it's just big open square uh, space. And then for me it was a game of the blue color is your friends and whatever turns red when you lock on is your enemies and that's what you're doing blue squares versus red squares because i never really saw the jets i just saw the 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 reticles the ui of the plane and you know and i'm going to come from a point of i find this types of game really boring so i was hoping you guys will refute me in this but it was Shoot the red squares like an old Nintendo game or something. It wasn't much different.
2: I mean, sometimes it is that (laughs) in in this style Mm -hmm. of game. And if you think about how it would really be to be in a jet, you're painting targets from very far away and then shooting missiles at them, right? Yeah, but if that's what it's like to actually be a jet pilot... I would be sad and bored. Well, it's missing I the inertia and the fact that you're murdering people with million-dollar rockets and stuff. Exactly. Like, it, 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 I need to feel there's that. No that. <laughs> there's no element of that. There's no element of that. To talk about the setting, there are things that I thought was super exciting, but they backed away from. Like the boss battle with the giant ship, Ars- Arsenal Bird, oh, I think it was yeah. called. Oh, yeah. The name in that thing was straight out of Metal Gear. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck, yes. Arsenal bird. Oh, my God. A drone spitting mega bird fucking plane. I was like, yes, there's boss battles. Oh, Ace Combat does have something like really exciting. And then it had a force field and then you ran away from it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like Mm -hmm. taking that bitch down with several weak points like you're playing Star Fox and watching it break apart in the sky. And and that would have been cool. That would have been amazing.
2: But they didn't do it. They didn't. They took this super cool opportunity to have really fun gameplay in that moment, and then they denied yeah. it. And you what's end up guess? fighting drones. Little drones, yeah.
0: Like, okay. And they're not, I mean, it's not even like they're good enemies, they're just annoying. They are, I didn't even, yeah.
1: I can not even tell the difference. Like, there's a, a, a drone, of, a fighter play it? Like, what's the difference?
2: Yeah. They're just faster and squirrelier. That's it. I mean, that's it. And there's more of them. You just use your, like, cluster missile thing and kill four at a time, mm-hmm. and you clear them out.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow, but, I did it. <laughs> we're seeing a lot of negative about this game.
1: <laughs> but is it is it
2: is it mindlessly fun,
1: though? Is it arcade fun? If, if this game wasn't trying for anything and you could jump in for just a few minutes and go pew-pew, blam-blam, splode-splode, would this be a fun game to fuck around in? Yeah, if
0: this was a different game, it would be a fun game.
1: I agree. Uh, yeah. It's
0: so I the entire time I was playing this, I just thought, man, I wish I could play Secret Weapons over Normandy, which back in the PS2 era was my jam. Me and my dad right. used to play this game and it was like a historical historically accurate dogfight simulator. And the graphics weren't that good because it was PS2, right? So compared compared to this, it was it was shit. But they had more to do. They had more missions. They had more planes. Each plane felt unique and had different strengths and weaknesses, where mm-hmm. in all in um, Ace Combat 7, they all felt kind of the same. Like, even when they had different sliders and they looked they really slightly do. different. They really do. They were just the same, same plane. Probably
1: because um, actual planes are like that. They're actually like that in real life, and they were doing it realistically
0: i mean maybe yeah. but i mean there that's a it kind of takes away from it but i the thing about secret um, secret weapons over normandy was you were fighting world war Two battles and the briefings were actual like history lessons which sounds boring like even more boring but it no that can be pretty it cool made it it made it more realistic which yeah. is what this game aimed to do. But then this game, Ace Combat Seven, was like, yeah, we're super realistic, hyper realistic. By the way, have you been to OSEA to see Eurasia? And also Ursia is fighting Asia and the is fighting <laughs> Vernasia. <laughs> and you're trigger? But I won't tell you that yet. And no. you're in your Ursia, but you're a you killed the president. There you no, go. I, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't shoot the president. He was behind me. I shot a missile over here at a drone. How are you going to say I killed the president? Oh, you you killed him. And then it, it throws in a little line like, well, it doesn't matter if he killed him or not because he's he's a convict. Since when?
1: I was in the Air Force. I'm a decorated... Air what is happening can I tell you that when that moment happened I go he did what let's get him boys (laughs) let's get this traitor I did the same thing (laughs) (laughs) I had no clue it was me it was trigger hell yeah yeah I was like oh here we go a plot twist let's get this guy (laughs) I did the
2: same thing
1: (laughs) (laughs) looking around for trigger I can't find him where is he (laughs) He's gone.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm so stupid. (laughs) And then, I mean, cowboy, you kind of mentioned this in your game intro, but the whole thing with like the ran, the people that don't matter dying and somehow Mm -hmm. it's supposed to matter. It was, there was this whole thing where this woman was like, Oh my God, I can't, they're attacking me. And I'm like, there's only two ships and they're not shooting. And I'm chasing them. I'm about to blow them up. And right as I go to blow up two ships that are chasing, I don't even know who, but not her. All of a sudden it goes offline. Golem 2 is dead. And I'm like, that must be the lady, I guess. But who was (laughs) she? And she was like quoting some weird craziness. Like who does that in the middle of the sky? They're like, the the weak shall fight the mighty. (laughs) And then she dies. And I'm like, what are you talking
1: about? There's nobody near you. You're fine. And she dies somehow. I don't know. Yeah. And you people can die in an aerial battle at any time. Why suddenly is she in danger? You are always in danger. We're flying two million dollar jets with people trying to kill us like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, he's on my tail. Have people not been on your tail this whole time? We're in a dogfight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, she was like, I'm
0: so scared. You're a fighter of what? <laughs> it's a drone. You just <laughs> blew up eight of them. It's, I'm so scared. She's like, why are they not fighting? Why are they not shooting? I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm like, well, why are you scared? They're
1: not shooting. <laughs> that's
0: that's a good thing.
1: You know what's funny to me is, and this, this might be a little bit mean or um. This is just battlefield to me. I could have just played any of the battlefields and hopped in a jet, and I would get so much more out of it. I don't think the graphics are that much different from say three or four, and I can actually like try to bomb the flags and stuff and feel like I'm involved. This just was like, it just felt like it was lacking that the the feeling of being in like a major involved battle. Yeah, I agree. It was
0: just like five ships come up, blow them up. Oh, but wait. There's more. Yeah. Now there's some drones. It's like, uh, drones again? Okay, kill 30 drones. And it's like, oh, wait, but there's more. There's this... And I... And what the, bugged me, I think, the most out of everything, because I could get past the story elements, and I could get past the poor voice acting, and I can get past the not knowing who I am, because I'm just blowing stuff up. I don't care. But what I couldn't get past was how the targets worked because they would be like you would hear noises and it would be like you gotta get rid of those AA cannons and I'd be like all right, let me look at my map there's some red targets but those red targets are drones alright let me go fight the AA cannons so I go and blow up all the AA cannons and they're like AA cannons are destroyed I'm like okay did I do it? (laughs) no all I had to do was kill those drones before Mm -hmm. and if I just killed those red targets I'm good but then they're like mixed in i mean they give you conflicting requests and answers yes. and and they'll order people around like hey you go and they'll do these weird call signs that you don't know because you just started playing the game they're like warrior five go fight these guys over here and and tuna fish eight go shoot that guy and you're like who am i you're like is that me like i just found out i'm Trigger, and you're not even <laughs> saying my
1: name what's going on is that me who am i supposed to fight yeah, for certain things, that's asking too much of you for also being an arcadey game. Like, hey, jump in here and have fun. Make sure you read the manual, but it's all right. Just push buttons and. I mean, wh- one of the things that I hated most was the missiles. The way the missiles worked, your entire screen was basically the lock on. You just had to have them in front of you in any capacity. You didn't have oh, the, like yeah, yep. You didn't you didn't have like this little circle that you had to keep them inside the whole time your missile was going or anything. It's like lock on, fire it, and then move on with your life. It's a mindless point mm-hmm. five seconds. And sure. that's not what I was going for. Like that's, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, if they made the main gun a machine gun, I think it would have been a different game they did have a machine gun and it was so hard to hit anything with it especially with like a controller I'm sure on a joystick or you know a flight stick or a, a mouse it would have been better but
2: I had a lot I'm, of luck with the machine gun on ground targets oh, when well, I would ground fly targets, low and yeah. blow stuff up uh, the ground targets I would use a machine gun on but yeah the, it wasn't impressive air. and it wasn't really fun to use it was just like I used it as something to do Until my lock-on turned red and then I shot a missile. (laughs) Well, I actually would switch
1: to the machine guns because I was like, this is more of a challenge. This sounds more fun. I'm going to try to hit the guys out of the sky with a machine gun. It sounds cool to me. I'm going to just light them up. And so I would. I'd be able to lock on, but I'd still spend 10 minutes just trying to brrrr them right out of the sky, you know?
2: Yeah. All right, that was Ace Combat 7. Uh we're so sorry bandai namco uh it's a beautiful game with no personality in my opinion take it away (laughs) cowboy
1: The second contender in tonight's matchup is Star Wars Squadrons, ironically published by the evil empire that is Electronic Arts and developed by Motive, makers of Battlefront 2. This is a Star Wars game that asks, what if you couldn't land in Battlefront? It's available for the three major platforms, including Xbox Game Pass. This is a Star Wars light lore spaceship shoot-shit galactic dogfighter where you'll be swapping between both sides of the battle fighting for the New Republic and the Old Empire. That means you'll be constantly swapping between the Geo Metro of Space that is the TIE Fighter and the sleek galactic Cadillac that is the X-Wing. And you know it's cool because it's got an X in the name. Each has different perks and loadouts, none of which are a reasonably sized windshield. And like a space paraplegic, you'll find yourself either strapped in your cockpit or strapped to a board in the hangar, giving you time to bond with all the charming comrades that'll probably be dying in a minute. Once you do drop into the exciting arena of space battles, you'll aid in the fight between light and dark, Jedi and Sith, star and war, by charging at your enemies at full speed with lasers blazing, only for the two of you to whiz by each other and have to turn around slowly as you engage in round after round of space jousting until one of your spaceships becomes space dust and its space pilot is left floating in space the game takes place in space by the way
2: all right, my fellow Jizz bandmates, let's talk about Star Wars squadrons. <laughs> um, to set the stage with this one, it's another uh, dogfighter, but it's set in space. Uh, it is in the Star Wars universe. It takes place after uh, the Battle of Endor, when the Death Star II, Electric Boogaloo, uh, <laughs> explodes again. Uh, so it's a it's a really neat uh period in the Star Wars mythos where they can tell a lot of stories and things like that. Uh, and you do switch back and forth between the Empire and the New Republic? Is that what they are at that point? Uh, yes. And it's really neat. Like you take turns uh, playing with all the iconic uh, spaceships like the X-Wing and the A-Wing, the Y-Wing, the XYZ-Wing, the Alphabet Wing, the One Wing, the Two Wing and mm-hmm. all the uh tie fighters the tie fighter the defender the interceptor the reaper etc the, the bow tie uh, fighter yeah uh one thing to note <laughs> is with ace combat 7 you could play in uh what is it third person uh you yeah. could switch between uh inside the cockpit and like third person uh star Wars squadrons takes place 100% in the cockpit Yeah. Uh, there's a major difference uh in that regard but let's get some first impressions uh this time cowboy how'd you feel about this game um i i like space games i've always
1: liked the idea of like uh uh dog in space getting to, to fly around um this one was really cool i like the immersion of the cockpit uh mm-hmm. and having all the electronics around you i thought the well i mean let me give brass tacks it Certain parts of it were fun. Uh, I found myself going into the training and just spawning enemies and killing them over and over. Um, And even spawning—you can spawn the big ships, the you know those big old Lego
2: Star Destroyers, two hundred piece Star Destroyers. Destroyers. So much. The most iconic old Dorito chips, (laughs) alongside the X-wing and Tie fighter. Yeah, (laughs) those those
1: flying talkies with antennas. You know the the fucking cones um fighting those and like they had this really cool thing where you had to like in the movies they always like fly real close along the ship avoiding the turrets and stuff and in this they kind of did force you to do that because i guess there was some stuff with the shield um so certain parts of it were were fun um i i thought i was going to dislike this because i felt the same thing big open empty space repetitive lock on shoot lock on shoot same thing over and over but uh i'm not sure why but i i thought it was much more fun i'm i'm struggling internally
0: with this game because i love star wars i love everything star wars i'm like i'm counting down the days until i can go to the star wars um hotel at disney world they're doing a whole immersive star wars experience where everybody's going to be wearing robes and you know be on either side and all of the windows aren't really windows they're tvs and they look out into space so you feel like you're it's like they say it's like a cruise ship in space cool so that's the whole experience so i'm i i just love star wars i have obi-wan robes i i got a custom lightsaber that i was able to build myself and I chose the crystal and I chose the, you know what I mean? Like I, I love star Wars. I'm a huge fan and I was super excited for this game. And I really thought it was going to blow ace combat out of the water. And honestly, it didn't, it didn't destroy it by the, the level I thought it would. Uh, there was a couple of things that I just couldn't get past. And number one, I mean the dogfighting was great, but there were too many scripted sequences where you couldn't do anything. Like you were basically just following. Like it happens like right off at the beginning, you um right after the Empire uh I don't know what he was, like a captain, once he turns and joins the rebels, you're chasing him through you're the bad guy, and you're chasing him through this tunnel. And you can shoot him as much as you want, and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I hate moments like that. It feels like you're taking away my agency as a player. Like, at least come up with some reason why I'm not able to destroy him. But really, it's just like, uh, I'm flying the same ship you are, and you're shooting me a lot, and I'm fine. And I, I, I don't like that. The second thing was, this game was obviously built for VR. Yep, and they added in a lot of limitations for that. So they built it for VR and it was almost like a port to non-VR. Um for example, when you're out in the hangar or whatever you would call that, you're on your ship. Um you don't walk around, which they easily could have done. I mean, it's not a huge ship, but instead you like look at something and click on it and then you teleport. Yeah. Yeah. And I that Star Wars is immersive. Even the movies are immersive. They take you down onto this planet. You see these grand c- cityscapes or landscapes. And you, the art and the feeling of I'm in this world is what sells Star Wars. And in this game, they took that away from you completely. And they just said, yeah, there's a door here. You can click on it if you want. And then you click on it and you teleport into this room. And it's like, wh- why? Why did you do that? Just add in a character movement script, and you walk forward to the door, and the door opens for you. It's
1: not that hard. Well, uh, it was it was basically like a menu. Like if you think of how other games will have like a hangar menu where you can look at your ships mm-hmm. and maybe select buttons. I mean, that's what they did. They disguised a menu as like a playable sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a, it was a
2: more immersive menu. I would say.
1: Yeah. Which which is kind of a bum bummer because, like, Star Wars, known for its story, known for its characters and all that. So to have this really stiff kind of thing where it's like you fly your ship and you look at a menu, those are your options. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had, a, I had a bit of beef with that, too. I did play it in VR, though, and it was definitely made for VR.
2: I wish I could have had that experience. I would have loved to play it in
1: VR. Well, Okay, so I'm going to say this, it's kind of weird, because I've played other stuff. When I first started playing it, some of the 3D-ness didn't feel right. Um, Because your eyes can kind of tell when something is like false 3D. Like when you play video games, you can kind of feel how it's 3D, but you're still looking at a flat screen. But in VR, everything should have depth. However, when I was flying past some of the ships and the asteroids, I could not feel a sense of depth from them. And it felt like maybe they hadn't tuned it right or something, because it's just an intrinsic feeling. And I could just tell, this is a flat image that's being rendered at me. This isn't an object. I'm not seeing it. And it was weird, because I've never had that in any of the other games, because it's supposed to not do that. It's supposed to be two eyes, in the position where the eyes go, and your brain does the rest of the work. So I don't know why. I, Jay, did you do it in VR? Did you have that effect?
0: I did not because oh. I redid my whole desk setup recently, and I don't have my computer in a place that I can plug it in. With with having, yeah, it's it's a, I'm yeah, it was a mistake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, regardless, that experience shouldn't be taken to an account. Just a small side bit of info there, but to say that it was made for VR. And not tailored for a console gameplay or a flat gameplay is, I think, to say something. Yeah, I think people right. are The fact in that.
0: that it was made for VR and yet it still didn't
1: feel right in VR, mm-hmm. that's oof. And in certain cases, Star Wars tends to provide experiences less than they do games and things like VR. So maybe it's more of an experience.
2: I want to bring it back around a little bit because sure. so far we've said. A lot of negative things about these games, I would say. I'm like uh, Very angry today. <laughs> we, are, we are a little crotchety, it feels like. Uh, I want to bring it around with this game. Uh, first, I want to say I had a lot of fun playing this game. I will say I definitely had more fun playing this game over Ace Combat 7. I yeah. liked especially the good boy ships, the X-Wings, the A-Wings, the Y-Wings. They were more fun uh, to pilot a lot because you could see more. Uh <laughs> but um oh. there, there was a there was a lot of cool features. There was a lot of like fine tuning you could you could do in your ship that you saw in the movies and things like that. Like you could divert power to thrusters, to shields, to weaponry. You could push power towards the front or back of your ship's shields. Uh there yes. were boosts, there were things like that. A lot of that I uh, really played into a lot of like like a really fun experience for me mm-hmm. uh, when I was shooting tie fighters uh, in squadrons and I had all those options to really fine- tune what my ship was doing at any time that felt immersive to me yeah um, I will say this yeah. also uh, as as um, to allude to how fun this game is uh, I let my son play both games uh he didn't give a shit about it. he's combat seven but he loved mm. this one
1: <laughs> um yeah my, my son played as well. I, yeah. I think he played probably like a couple hours worth and he actually went and bought the ships and stuff and Ace Combat. He put that thing into the ground like it was a magnet, dude. Mm. Every time.
2: <laughs> um. I also will touch on like narrative moments, things like that also. So you guys are right. When you play Star Wars games, when you watch Star Wars movies, it is supposed to be a very immersive experience. Now. With squadrons, uh, a lot of narrative moments, if they aren't really cool cutscenes, which there are some, and they look good and cool things happen. And when that was happening, I was like, yay! But the majority of it isn't like that. The majority of it is these really interesting or weird expositions. I guess you'll click on on your squad mate or you'll click on whoever's giving the mission and then they just stare at you and give you an exposition (laughs) and it's just expositions or monologues things like that as these characters just stare at you and you have no input just monologue after monologue after monologue and it is so weird and disjointed I didn't like the feeling of that even though this really cool bug-eyed alien is telling me about himself and like his past and doing all this stuff the fact that it was presented in such a boring way took all the fantasy and wonder out of it for me with, with, with most of the story, which sucked. Because when you're in the pilot seat of these spaceships and you're in space, which is gorgeous, by the way, the game looks so good. Mm-hmm. It looks so good. When you're in space doing this cool stuff, like you're like, yes, this is gorgeous. This is so cool. But eventually I'm going to be back at that hangar with people monologuing at me. And <laughs> I, I didn't look forward to that at all. Absolutely.
0: The space flight and space combat and the whole being in your ship and seeing all of the different screens and buttons you can hit. Yeah. They ripped that straight out of Elite Dangerous, which is not a bad thing because to me, and come at me, nerds, Elite Dangerous still has the best space flight and space battles of any game ever made. Mm. Elite Dangerous is top tier, A plus. Every other game should try to be like them. Um so I was super happy to see that, oh, this is a, an Elite Dangerous clone. Uh, and the fights and everything was just amazing. I love that because I loved Elite Dangerous and I loved shooting bandits and I got to do that, but in an X-Wing. So great. Um, everywhere else is where it started to fall apart. So everything they didn't steal from Elite Dangerous uh. was just not as, not as good, not as good as it should have been.
1: Yeah, I have the theory that it's perhaps like you play this game not because you're like, I want to play a a space shooting game. You play it because you want the set dressing. You want that Star Wars world wrapped around um, Eve Dangerous or Eve Online. I forget which one you said. Elite Dangerous. (laughs) Elite Dangerous, yeah. Eve Online space battles are overrated. That's how short my memory is. (laughs) uh, I'm going to burst at the seams unless I talk about something. Speaking of being in the pilot's seat... Of the old empire, especially in VR, the fucking Tie Fighters. Now, like if they they went for it, they're like, "This is how a Tie Fighter is constructed. It has this small circular window in the front, and these big, massive walls uh, on the side wings that block your view." I played it in VR. It was like getting in a fucking washer, <laughs> front-loaded washer and closing the door. In VR, I was leaning forward, like fogging up the glass going like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> like, it's so small. And then you have these X-Wings with the, t- with the the windshield on the top, like big view. You can turn your head and everything. I don't know how the TIE Fighters kill anyone. I don't know how they, they win any battles from their their tiny like attic window yeah. of a of a fucking windshield that you got to shoot from. It's I I get that that's realistic, but goddamn, just blow the window up for me. I'm playing a game.
2: Yeah. I never had fun in any of the Tie Fighters, which no. is such a shame because they're so iconic and they some of are. them look so cool. But man, did it suck to play in a Tie Fighter just just because of visibility. Yeah
1: all this hype just right out the window I was like yeah type fighter here we go I'm going to make the noise yeah you yeah. know <laughs> was ready to make that fucking noise and I'm like what the fuck is this
2: <laughs> all right short and sweet with that one uh, that was Star Wars squadrons a really fun dogfighting game to play with really weird narrative limitations
5: pardon me gentlemen May I have a moment of your time?
1: Oh, hey, Terry. Wait, are you here to bribe us just like the boss did?
5: Of of course not. Um, well, we did bring brownies, but brownies are never a bribe.
0: Screw Integrity. I want brownies. Star Wars wins.
2: Dude, stop. I'll buy you brownies.
5: The real reason we're here is to ask you to join the Resistance. The... The
1: resistance? What are you resisting?
5: Well, a long time ago, in a galaxy far... No, no, far, no, no. Fine. A few hours ago, in a break room down the hall, the forces of doucheness attacked our people. The brave men and women of the rebellion fought...
1: Wait, to- that- I thought you were called The Resistance.
5: Well, it changes a lot. We couldn't settle on one name. Anyways, to make a long story short, they destroyed our Lego Millennium Falcons and scratched our special edition DVDs. It was like a million bonus features cried out and then were suddenly silenced.
2: Damn, I'm sorry to hear that, Terry.
5: So... As your fellow nerds, a people lifelong oppressed and neglected by a mighty empire, we humbly asked you to bend the rules just this once, if it may help bring their reign of terror to an end.
1: Wow, Terry... That's really... So
5: the whole new reign of terror can begin. The likes of which these pompous jocks have never seen. We will hunt them down. We will not stop. We We will not sleep until every last one of them is exterminated.
2: Oh. Wow. Okay. Is that it?
5: Um. Help us, podcasters. You are our only hope. Luke already did that joke okay then that's it
2: bye terry bye terry
1: well that happened so now we know what's good what's bad and what matters as always our contenders will be awarded trophies based on the three categories of art direction fun factor and game design then with those in mind, we'll crown an ultimate victor for today's battle
2: i'm up first with the art trophy so the winner of today's art trophy was surprisingly hard to decide On one side, you have a realistic jet fighter with a convoluted buck wild narrative and, well, Star Wars. From its ultra-realistic cutscenes of jets on the runways and the feeling of flying through the clouds in an F-16, Ace Combat 7 was surprisingly beautiful and delivered several wow moments as I played it. The audio and visuals are top-notch with this game, and fans of realistic military games in that vein will 100% find something to love while playing it. What, in my opinion, is a major drawback for this game is how convoluted the plot is. With every new cutscene, you're introduced to new characters, and I never had any idea who they were. I didn't even know who I was until my faceless pilot was thrown into jail and given the moniker Trigger. This made me, the lover of all things narrative, not care at all about the plot point about halfway in. For this reason alone, Star Wars Squadrons wins the R Trophy for its straightforward but cognizant narrative. Not to mention all the totally cool spaceships and laser beams and beautiful space arenas and neat looking aliens and all that. And I'm up next with the Fun
0: Factor Trophy. Now, regardless of the entire discussion that just occurred, I do want to say that both of these games did have a lot of good things going for them. The stylized art and space combat of Squadrons made it a lot of fun, but the times when you were out of the ship just broke the immersion for me. On the other hand, Ace Combat 7 had a more classic feel, so it was super easy to pick up and play, plus it was amazing to look at, uh, most of the time anyway. Only one can take the Fun Factor trophy though, and because of the giddiness I felt flying an X-Wing around and blowing up TIE Fighters,
1: I mean, Star Wars Squadrons takes the Fun Factor trophy nice and i'm up next with the game design trophy i'm going to try my best to be unbiased here Uh, comparing a straightforward military game with a heroic sci-fi space game with lasers and pew pews it'll be difficult but uh, i can tell you that both games are well designed in ways that did matter Uh, the ui gives you what you need while also trying to stay out of your way the menus and the controls give you ton of options to tweak, which is very important in these kind of games. Uh, the different ships and customizations do keep things fresh, and both actually had a VR inclusion. Uh, we only spoke about it for Star Wars, but Ace Combat does technically have a few VR missions for the PlayStation. So... Ace Combat had me performing the same goddamn loop-de-loops over and over, and I mean that literally and game-wise. Same gameplay loops over and over. And Star Wars Squadrons was kind of clunky, and I died when I saw the Tie Fighter's view. So these are some of the most major oversights. But in the end, just from the overall feel, and just from playing the game and seeing how it was developed, even though it is not my type of game, I'm going to give the trophy to Ace Combat 7 for game design because I imagine people like that game. It is very well designed for them. and I like Star Wars, and it felt like they didn't design it for me. Those were the trophies for today's showdown, which show you where each game excels. But now it's time to cast our vote to find out the final winner for the title of Best Modern Aerial Dogfighter, Ace Combat 7 vs. Star Wars Squadrons. Starting off, Jake. Star Wars. And next, JB. I'm Ray Star Wars Cowboy. I gotta give it to Star Wars. Star Wars with a clean sweep for today's battle. Play the fucking
2: music.
5: Yay!
2: yay. yay. But was it a yay though? Was it a yay for today's showdown? Well,
1: it was a yeah. It was a yay. Yay. You gotta we, we gotta fall off on the end. Well. There you have it. Another perfect podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Little, 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 little.
0: (laughs) Thank you all for sending us questions through our social media. As a reminder, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and you can check out our website at head2headpod.com. That's the number two. Um, Or h2hpod.com if you hate the letter E.
2: And thanks as always to Metroid Mike for the use of our theme song. It's I Can't Break off of the album Heart of the Juggernaut. Get that shit on Bandcamp. Say hi to him on Twitter. Uh, He also has a project called Balefire. Check that stuff out. Also, this is a big one. Listen up, everybody. There's still going to be a few days left when this first airs for the month of May 2021, which is right now. Uh, We were holding, well, are holding a contest um, for best Apple podcast review. Uh, get them in, man. Uh, the best one is going to win a fifty dollars gift card to the platform of their choice. So you still got a few days left if you're listening to this on our posting day. So get at it, man! And please share this with your friends and spread the word about
1: Head to Head, the best podcast you've ever listened to. Now, don't forget to stay for the post-credit sequence and get the fuck out of here.
2: Good night, everybody. Good
1: night. Good night or morning or mañana force be with you trigger why'd you kill the
2: president do barrel <laughs> okay so i guess star wars squadrons is the winner so that's the movie everyone's gonna go with yeah well that was
1: easy peasy let's go tell luke luke Man, this place is always so convenient.
4: Hey, Luke, we figured out the movie for tonight. It's, uh... No, guys, we are way past that. That was Easy Street. Now we're on, like, a highway to a zone of danger... uh, A danger zone, if you will. We're on a highway to the danger zone. Really? Luke, what are you talking about? Both sides. they, They declared war, and they vowed to burn the building down if they didn't get their way. They... what? Yeah, we got to get out of here. We got to find new jobs, identities, claim secret fire insurance policies, anything. What? We can't do that. Integrity, uh, guys. We have to. Unless you guys know a movie that has extensive dogfight scenes full of fighter jets starring a cocky, cool protagonist with memorable quips, that also has wicked cool aliens and tons of sci-fi technology and a terrible force plot. I don't even think a movie like that could exist. No. I got it. What? What is it?
0: No, just do a scene change. You'll see.
3: Oh, Oh, man. Great work with the movie choice, numbskulls. It had everything.
1: Thanks, boss. You know, JB should get all the credit, though. You know, he's so amazing and cool. Pretty much the best person I've ever met. I would give him my kidney even if he didn't need it. Oh, he wrote this line, didn't he?
4: Yeah, that movie was so cool. The extensive fighter jets doing dogfight scenes, starring cocky but cool protagonists with memorable quips, and it also had wicked cool aliens, and tons of sci-fi technology, and a terribly forced plot. It was amazing. I'm fucking ready to die, motherfuckers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> blew up the government. I'm super into that.
5: Fuck yeah, kill everyone. Yeah, man.
1: Now that's what I call a close encounter.
3: Ha ha ha! Oh, welcome to Earth.
5: The fuck! Ow! This is what happens when you write the outro last minute.
3: Ubbity upity, upity, upity. That's all, folks.